0: Here's everything you need to know for this Aloha Friday, it's kh 2 to go.
1: With khon 2 weather, Chevy Chevalier. 653 on this Aloha Friday, partly cloudy skies out there. A beautiful day is ahead of us. There are some uh, moderate showers moving up on the windward side of Oahu and Molokai. That's great. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have the breeze today, not, at least not as breezy it was the last few days. 5 to 10 now. I wish we had those 15-mile-per-hour winds to shove some of these showers over in the drought-stricken areas. Western Oahu, Western Molokai, Western... Maui, but it looks like a nice band of showers is coming right up onto Oahu. Hopefully Molokai, at least western portions of Molokai, uh, will get some rain showers out of that. Now, I want to explain a new product that we have here on The Morning Show. You're used to a seven-day forecast. When I started this in 1999, we were doing a five-day forecast. And i tell you what, the fifth day, maybe 50-50. But after 23, 24 years, we're getting better and better. Obviously, we have a seven-day forecast. Well, looking good through these next seven days but we're going to add 2. this is our plus 2. this is not a gimmick. i did a lot of research on the accuracy of this and you know in hawaii i can tell you next january 24th there's an 80% chance that it's going to be sunny. why? because 80% of the time in hawaii it's pretty sunny, right? but as far as weather model prediction, 9 days is about as far as i want to go right now to make sure that you are getting a great forecast. honestly, all honestly, 5-day forecasts were 90 over 90% accurate. Uh, for seven-day, well over 80% accurate here in Hawaii. And for the nine-day, I'd say well over 70% accuracy. So we wanted to give that that feature to you uh, from here on out on the morning show. That's your weather forecast. How about the surf forecast with Gary? Good morning, Gary.
2: Hey, good morning, Chevy. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, let's get out there. The north shore is still flat to one. Uh, not, not much change really expected. It's summertime, typical Size. It's paddle, fish, dive, and sail. Out there at Makaha, it's occasionally two feet behind the reefs since it's so small, and it's a south swell. Town spots are one to two, occasional higher. Uh, Diamondhead, one to two plus. Again, not as bumpy as it's been, as the trades have slackened. Out there at uh, Sandy Beach, one to two, maybe a couple threes. Makapu'u, one to two. And again, no warnings for mariners except for the extreme UVs. And we have got a nice south swell building on Sunday, peaking Monday, Tuesday to near it advisory level so another really good one uh low tide here was an hour ago at minus point one going to a huge high tide at 2 p.m with a flow of two feet sun will set a minute later at 7:17 and arise a minute earlier at 551 and that's your update
0: and we continue to follow breaking news out of the Supreme Court, which has ended constitutional protections for abortions that had been in place for nearly 50 years. This morning, 6-3 ruling overturns Roe v. Wade and is expected to lead to abortion bans in about half the states of our country. The ruling comes more than a month after the leak of a draft opinion by Justice Samuel Alito. Dallas Ontiveros is at Planned Parenthood Hawaii. He joins us now live with more
3: on what this means for Hawaii. Dallas? Good morning, Christine. Yes, we're continuing to follow the reaction here in Hawaii. And as of right now, on our radar, there are no sort of organized protests or demonstrations following the overturn of Roe v. Wade. But it's been happening here outside at Planned Parenthood in the past. We've seen also over at the state capitol and as well as Kalakaua Avenue over in Waikiki on the weekends. LEADING UP TO TODAY'S DECISION. NOW, HERE IN HAWAII, LEGAL EXPERTS SAY THAT WE'LL SEE MINIMAL, IF ANY, IMMEDIATE IMPACTS, AND THAT'S BECAUSE THE STATE LEGISLATOR DID VOTE TO LEGALIZE ABORTIONS IN 1970, A LAW THAT WAS PUT IN PLACE EVEN BEFORE ROE V. WADE, AND AN overturn of Hawaii's abortion laws would be very unlikely, according to experts who we've spoken to. But since the announcement was made, we have a couple reactions from our lawmakers, one of them being from U.S. Senator Brian Schatz. In a statement, he says, quote, the Republican-controlled Supreme Court has ripped away abortion rights from millions of American women. While this ruling won't impact Hawaii, which legalized abortion in 1970, we must fight back to protect reproductive rights for women across the country. A woman's fundamental right to make decisions about her own body are hers alone, not the government's, end quote. Again, that was a statement from U.S. Senator Brian Schatz. Another lawmaker also releases statement. This is from U.S. Congressman Kai Kahele. I'll read a portion of his statement right here, quote, Today the Supreme Court failed us. The court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade and eliminate the constitutional right to abortion is an assault on Americans' means to safely Choose their own future and will further marginalize the most disadvantaged in our communities. I grieve with the women and families in our lives who will mark today as a day they were left behind. By their country. END QUOTE. Again, that was a statement by U.S. Congressman Kai Kahele. You could read the full statement on our website at cagewind2.com. And we'll continue to cover more reaction throughout the show. But for more details, stay with us. And for more updates, again, you'll find it on our website. Until then, reporting out here at the scene, Dallas Oniveros, Cagewind 2 News, working for Hawaii.
0: It's been more than a week since Joe Logan was sworn in as chief of HPD. He has said that he wants the department to be more transparent, and it's a big reason why he's here. Joining us for his first sit-down interview at KHON2. Chief, welcome. Thanks for joining us this morning.
4: Welcome. Thank you for the opportunity, Christina.
0: I want to first start with transparency, since we're talking about it. You were sworn in last week, but it was a private ceremony. Can you talk more about the decision to have it be private and what you're going to do to make the department more transparent?
4: Sure. It wasn't technically a secret or private. What it was is because I was a non-city and county employee and the only position I could go into was police chief because that was what the police commission selected me as. So uh, we got the clearance that morning about 9 o'clock or 8.45, 9 o'clock, from the city and county medical, and that went through the commission. And then they provided us an email saying, I'm cleared and I can start. And so from that point, I gave the staff about an hour and a half. Can we put the ceremony together uh, with just our spouses so that we could just swear in? Because what was important to me, and it was more um, personal, is that 40 years ago, in the month of June is when I started the Honolulu Police Department in 1982. So that was the beginning of my career. And so, I w- and then we had that evening was the 202nd recruit class graduation. So to be part of that as a selected chief is not the same as being the chief. And so that was the reason why we had the ceremony so quick. We were already planning a more uh, formal uh, pomp and circumstance ceremony with the public, with the uh, invited guests and the media uh, later in June. And so it, wasn't, it wouldn't have been fair for me to do it that afternoon and invite everybody in because then you have to drop what they were doing, right? So th- that was the reason for that. Uh, it wasn't... To, to hide anything it was just to get me on board real quick give me as a chief and then start
0: let's talk about the recent crime on Oahu there's been numerous smash and grabs at local businesses there's been some high-profile violent crimes what are you going to do and do differently to curb these crimes
4: So if you look at it in a perspective, um, we had a a kind of a lull in crime, let's say, during the pandemic. And now that the pandemic's over, unfortunately, criminals are coming back to their behavior. And so there's appearance of this spike in crime. And and nationally, if you look at it, there is a, a spike in violent crime. And so, what we've uh, provided the commanders, they have full authority within their districts to uh, allocate their resources to handle the situations that are going on in their districts. And then we're looking at it from an analysis uh, technology standpoint. So, our crime analysis unit is taking a look at where these are occurring, what times they're occurring, uh, and so that we can kind of get. we can kind of put a task force together to perhaps look into these uh, and and provide better patrolling and or you know surveillance of areas that we think are are crime hotspots. Was that
0: allocation not done before?
4: No, it's always been going on. So the commanders have always had an opportunity to allocate uh, resources. Crime. And in and of itself in Hawaii is a crime of opportunity right so you might see a policeman drive by a shopping center and then they go off and in patrol in a different area then the crime happens right so the officer can't control
0: that the police the police department can't control crime now speaking of officers how many positions exactly do you have open right now at HPD and what are you doing differently to fill those vacancies
4: so we have uh, just over 300 sworn officer vacancies so right now uh, what we have done uh, at, prior to me coming on and then as I'm coming into the position, uh, we've taken over the hiring process from the city. And so that process allows us to move it faster. So we've reduced it from about eight months to a year down to about four or five months. And so that gives us an opportunity. And then we're doing online continuous recruiting. So we're, we're out there. And also during COVID, we couldn't hit the schools because they weren't in session. Universities weren't on campus, but now we can get back to those. So our recruiting officers can go out to the field, can go visit high schools, college and uh, campuses, and we can start recruiting that way. So doing the continuous recruiting, um, and then we're doing uh, continuous, uh, we're gonna beef up the recruiting department so that there's more people out there and uh, probably increase the budget for marketing so we
0: can you
4: know, sell ourselves to the public.
0: So recruiting, processing, marketing, do you see anything <laughs> changing within the academy or maybe retention? Because you can recruit all you want. You can have hundreds of people come out and apply, but that doesn't mean they're all gonna come through and fill those positions. You're lucky if you get 20 or 30 men or women finishing the academy in one class.
4: Absolutely. So what what we've done at the recruiting academy, uh, the police academy, is basically reduce the size. So we don't want 60, 70 people in a recruit class. And we've increased the number. We went from three a year to six a year, and we're doing 20 or 30 in a class. And then with that, we have the officers and the sergeant that's in charge of that class. They have more one-on-one with the individuals to want to ensure that they all graduate and they understand what they're getting into. And so it's a more of a personal experience and, and more stake in the game, right, from the officer who's the assistant helping to train this new class that he has a cohort of people, uh, men and women that want to be police officers to be police officers. So that's one way that we're helping and we're, we're graduating, uh, our attrition rate is much reduced, right? from the classes if you have a large class of 60 you're going to lose about 20. Uh, We're losing a lot less in these smaller classes because they're more personal. And then also for the retention side what we're doing is I'm asking commanders to go out and find those officers who perhaps are hitting 25 years that may be able to retire to say hey what are your plans can we keep you a little longer? Do you, are you in the right place? Would you like to transfer to stay a little longer? And so those are the kind of things that we're going to get started here pretty soon to, to keep retention, to keep officers. And those that have plenty of time to retire or ready to retire, perhaps uh, the same thing with them is have a discussion and see what's going on. But it's also a double-edged sword, right? Because you have young officers coming into the department that want to get promoted, want to move up. Mm -hmm. And then we have perhaps people at uh, senior ranks that aren't moving, and they've been there for years. Um, And so we have to make sure that we allow some officers to retire uh, when they're ready to, and then we can promote other officers up.
0: Okay, I have so many other questions, but I just want to ask you, you know, for residents out there, families who just say, Chief, Mm -hmm. I do not feel safe right now. What are you doing for me? What are you doing for my family to protect us? What do you say? So the police department
4: uh, is continuing to operate, even though we're short uh, officers, it hasn't impacted our ability to provide a safe uh, and secure environment. So we continue to do that. We continue to investigate crime and, and apprehend criminals. Uh, and we're just one leg of the stool of the criminal justice system, right? There's law enforcement, there's uh, corrections and rehabilitation, and then there's a prosecution and uh, public defender's office, right? So. Uh, we're trying to hold up our end of this criminal justice system by doing what we need to do uh... to make the street streets safer and make our neighborhood safer but we're also we can't do it by ourselves so we need the community out there to help us in the community is where Unfortunately, criminals live, and that's where, you know, and the great people that work there. So we have neighborhood security watches, and and, uh, we have Crime Stoppers and other uh, venues for the community to call us and let us know what's going on, who's in their neighborhood that may be, uh, you know, conducting criminal operations. And so we could use that
0: information to help make it safe and
4: secure for them.
0: So you're saying basically kind of tighten up those partnerships and work with the community better? Absolutely. Well, we have community policing teams
4: now that are in the communities doing that, uh, but I want to get out to meet all the communities so that I can talk to them, hear what they have to say, hear what their concerns are, and then address those concerns.
0: And that's one of the big reasons why you stopped by here. Yes. So we really appreciate this one-on-one with you. First time here at k 2 News, and hopefully it's not the last you'll come back, Chief. Absolutely. All right. Thank, thank you, you for so the much. opportunity. Yes, nice meeting you. Pleasure.